Before you are being victimized or extorted by this prisoner, please contact GPL Customer Service at 855-466. All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. So welcome to the Notes from the Pin Podcast, inaugural episode, which is guaranteed to be the most refined and <laughs> polished podcast ever. Oh, perfect production on every level. Uh, we've got a whole team behind us. Uh, so I hope everybody enjoys. This will not be clunky or amateurish, for sure. Can I say this? Can we finally put a pin or a, a death nail in, in podcast? Podcasts can, can, can now cease to exist because as soon as I'm doing one from a prison, you know what I mean? They're done. We're, the experiment is over. Podcasts yeah. have run their course. Yeah, the- Both the, the first and last notes from the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so what's up, man? Uh, I hear it's kind of a big day um, in the joint, right? It is a big day in the joint. First, I think we should introduce ourselves. I'm Bobby C., which, just saying it sounds annoying. Um, I told you I've had a name crisis because since coming to prison, you don't use your name, so it's been Chino, which is my nickname. And so no one's called me Bobby, so I have, like, this distance from it now that sounds weird. And, you know, the whole I'm in my 30s. I'm still going by Bobby, I guess. Yeah, you've had a name crisis for a while. But uh, while we're on that subject, uh, I would just like to point out to anybody that's listening that uh, you were called Chino because you're half Asian. And, of course, the Spanish word for Chinese, which you're not at all, uh, is Chino. So sometimes um, political correctness culture in prison, does it, it's, it's not always there. It's not, it's not perfect, to say the least. Takes the backseat to ignorance, right? Absolutely. And you are, and I am Jeremy. I am uh, Bobby's uh, childhood buddy. Uh, we're kind of like brothers. We've reconnected since he's been in the joint, and um, I don't know. We talk every day, so uh, we figured, hey, why not just start recording these conversations? Because it's so fucking interesting. All the shit that has to go down just to get a haircut, just to. Just to get soup, so you have enough uh, calories to to work out. Just just everything is just so fucking interesting. So we figured, you know, maybe other people, you know, regular folks might want to tune in and be like, "Oh, that's how that shit works. Oh, that's what's going on." Absolutely. And uh, one of the great things about our relationship, or, or our like chemistry together, whatever you want to call it, is the levels to it. But one of the things is that. When I came to prison, right, I, I, we've got similar minds as far as um, being interested in the minutia of stuff and the mechanisms behind systems and how things work and why they work and little novel fucking details and shit. So when I came to prison, I started noticing all these things. I'm like, I don't think everyone knows about this stuff. And a lot of times it's me shouting this stuff from the fucking rooftop, well, from, from the top of a prison unit and not always finding the audience that originally the audience that's into that stuff, but then slowly over time with st- starting with the Facebook and then the notes from the pen 
website. And so everyone who's listening, by the way, from that's been following for a while, just I'm glad you're you're joining us. And this is just going to be an extension of that. And Jeremy has the same type of mind, but just on the outside. So super inquisitive, interested in all the weird shit that I find interesting too. And um, so yeah, so I think that's a good good point. But back to your original point, yeah, it's store day today, which is like a kick anthill. You know, store day is when it's every other week, so it's once every two weeks, every other Wednesday, where all the commissary items we ordered get delivered to us. And which means that it's both payday and rent due date. Right. Debt's collected, uh, debt's paid, debt's shirked, which means uh, (laughs) there also could be violence uh, because of this. Yeah. Now, I should say this. I'm in a minimum security prison now. I did my first three years in a maximum security prison, uh, prisons, uh, level fours. This is a level one. And the vibe here is a lot different. A lot, there's a lot more shenanigans that's allowed that's maybe not allowed in, in the higher level. So it's me. I haven't been here long. I've been here a couple months. I'm, uh, I'm getting used to it as well. But yeah, so there's a lot of fingernail biting and a lot of explaining and a lot of gesturing. Uh, at the last joint I was at, me and this dude called it gesture day because you could just look out down the gallery and see people just by their hand gestures, like, oh, he doesn't have his money. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just, no, Lucy's pointing places. <laughs> right, but the, uh, can I point? Can I point something out from what you from what you explain the the level one joint you're in now? You call this. Um, Candyland compared to the maximum security level four or even the level two that you were in. So yeah. the people are a lot less respectful and, and don't really don't really know how to jail proper uh, just because it's a level one. So listen to listen to you using uh, you're just a convict using jail as a verb. I love it. Go ahead. Right, I'm a cop. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, so, you know, um, put it this way, I haven't seen anyone get stabbed since I've been here. And um, my first day in prison back in the beginning of 2014, I mean, within hours, um, I saw someone flash from ear to ear to lip, just zombie-style uh, cheek hanging over, teeth exposed. You know, and that was, you know, it's a multiple-time-a-week thing. I've, I've been here for months and haven't seen anyone get stabbed. Well, I haven't even heard of it. So yeah, I call this place Candyland. It's bring, it's, it brings its own troubles and problems. So, so go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna I was gonna uh, mention that when uh, I talked to uh, the nine figured me- Mexican, your buddy Toro, um, he uh, he was giving me a description of the stuff that you can get from store, and I was surprised to hear stuff like you know candy or like. You know, like little trivial, I get it. You need deodorant or underwear or, you know, um, shave cream or, you know, different um, necessities. But, like, um, I don't know, like, what's what's a big thing in store that everybody uses for capital? Like, because don't you guys, like, trade coffee for yeah. something else? A bag of food. a bag of food is a bag of money, all right? And today I just had, you know, you know, I owe uh, the most – I can get up to $50 a month because of restitution and court costs. And this whole, everything here is a business. The store, commissary, the company that runs it gets a bid from it, whatever. So um, I have to shoot moves in order to get more than $50 a month. So I do transfers. So today on store day for me, I had to go, okay, shit, I got to go pick up 35 Because you, you send someone $50 in the world, you get 35 
in capital and food in here. So you lose, you know, they make 15 bucks because they have unlocked accounts. So instantly I'm like, okay, I got to go pick up this 35 from this guy, which he's close to me. So it just got dropped off in my house, a bag of food, which is a bag of money. But to me, I don't spend it on shit. I fucking eat it. And, um, also I had to go, um, you know, I had a, I had a tube, I had a TV that I acquired because this is a lower level prison. People go home from here and things are bequeathed to you. Right. So you remember my idiot neighbor, Rio, of course I got his, I got his TV and, um, I, I sold it, but it hasn't been fully paid for. So the guy's making down payments and I'm letting someone else hold it until it's paid in full. So I had to go now. I, you know, a little bit about this. The guy I'm dealing with is a buffoon, not even a buffoon, uh, just a, a genuine old school, like fell, on, was dropped on his head too many times more. So I have to have like a middleman who knows how to jail and has been to prison for a while. Kind of like, who is his neighbor? Kind of like, he's the proxy between us. And so I had to go find him on my own and uh, go ahead and collect uh, some of that down payment. So wait a minute. So what you're, what you're telling everybody is that the guy you sold your TV that you got bequeathed this TV from idiot neighbor Rio, the guy that's buying it is so fucking stupid that you have to go through a middleman just to communicate the deal with him. Yes. And by the way, maybe I was too harsh. Maybe I was just throwing around the nickname idiot neighbor Rio a little frivolously after I met this guy. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I, might, I might take it back. I don't know if he really earned that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I have to, there has to be a, a proxy. This guy just, I can't even give you enough examples. Put it this way. There's any of you that have uh, been on my Twitter know about Idiot Neighbor Rio, and he just makes him look like a, a fucking savant, a genius. And um, he can't keep money, anything. But, you know, you know this about me. I, I'm not a slime ball. So I'm not... It'd be easy. It, if this guy was in a level four, he, he wouldn't stand a chance. Those guys would eat him alive. Mm. You know, he makes honest mistakes where I have to keep reminding him, no, you don't owe me 25 still. You owe me 15 now. Right, right. So it's store day. Are you collecting anything from uh, him or through his facilitator? Yeah, yeah. I, I just had to interact with him directly, which is always a fucking uh, treat. No. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just got... Uh, five bucks from him and then a bag of protein yesterday which is 20 bucks so uh so okay. yeah it should be taken care of next door so shit is tense during store day right because all these the what are they the fucking chickens come home to roost so right. all these fucking it's not as bad lately because um since the corona there's no there's no visits so the dope and all that contraband isn't really in here so the dope scenes are usually the ones biting their fingernails on store day because you know they're they're living by their attic voice in their head which loves to be an optimist, we all know, right? So it's like, oh, yeah, everything's going to work out fine. And then store day comes, and they're like, oh, shit, I owe all these people. And then that's when, you know, a lot of lockups or fights or violence. In a place like this, more lockups take place. Then lockups mean? Lockup is uh, the, ter- the slang term for um, shirking your responsibility. I guess it'd be like in the world kind of declaring bankruptcy, except it's, it's a little worse. Um, but like you want purpose go to the hole? Yeah, well, you what you, a lockup artist does is what we call them. Um, they go to the police and they say, listen, I, I'm fearing for my life. Uh, I can't stay here. And when they say that, it doesn't always happen, but they're supposed to by policy. They have to take them out of there. And it's a way to dodge any debt or violence 
or anything like that. And, and right under ratting in prison, telling on people, it's right under there as far as don't deuce. It'll follow you around forever. It'll stain your name. You lock up at one place. You even go to the whole unquestionable circumstances. It's a bad look. If mm. you go to the whole while you for a legitimate reason while you owe someone money, it's looked up. It's looked as a, looked at as a lockup move potentially. Oh, uh. that's a bad. That's a real bad thing. Yeah, and I don't think. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I didn't understand until you explained it to me. You can you can leave. You know, get leave the prison you're in and shirk all the debts and responsibilities that you have, but that's not a, that you're still fucked because people change prisons all the time. So yeah. even if it's not the dude you owed, it might be, you know, the group he's affiliated with, or it might be his homeboy or his, you know, his bunkie, or it might be, so, so you're not safe. You, you can't just, well, I'm sure we'll have multiple episodes on, uh, addiction in prison and and how people try to party in prison and stuff like that. But um yeah. Yeah, store day being um uh, it's like uh Friday on the construction site, you know, we know uh everybody's getting paid, so you got to call your dealer or your dealer's already calling you like, "Hey motherfucker, I know you I get paid today." And you're like, "Oh, well, something happened. Guess what?" How much of uh how much of Jeremy's life are we going to uh share during this? Cuz I'm an open book. I think we say warts and all. Uh, I think that has to be our motto. Uh, if anybody wants to know that Bobby and I uh, used to be junkies uh, somewhat together, uh, you know, um, that's perfectly okay. We worked okay. together. For, for, I worked for Jeremy for, for years. Jeremy, I, I originally met you through your younger brother, and then we have more similar personalities than either of us and your younger brother, I'd say, Ryan. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. And so we became close. You know, Jeremy's a little older than me. Was just just old enough to where he d- didn't want to hang out with us. You know, he was like 16 and we were like 12 or something. And uh, but over the years, that you know, the older you get, the shorter that gap means, the less that gap means. And I ended up working for him. Jeremy's a great fucking carpenter. Taught me a bunch of shit. You know, I hate to fucking boost your ego. You know, I fucking hate to do this. Fucking but, uh, don't. He, he's <laughs> he's a guy. Look, you're a guy I looked up to for a little while, and then. Realize how stupid that was. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, yeah. But you're in prison, and I'm a fucking drunk. Let's see what that got us. There's been a development. Uh oh. The uh, mental invalid I was thinking of earlier is 12 inches from me. It's on the phone that's connected to mine. And let nice. me just paint a picture real quick for everyone out there. You know, picture a corona mask, a doctor's mask, but not the elastic kind, the kind that you tie above your ears, right, and then around the back of your neck, right. Um, you know, you, you know the one I'm talking about? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, so, you know, a doctor's old school doctor mask that you tie at the top, like behind your head, over your, your you know, those two strings go over your ears, and then there's two at the bottom of the mask that go, like, around your, the back end, you know, you tie around your neck. Yes. You gotta make two knots. So, imagine the bottom two dangling, right, down in front of you, and then grabbing those and pulling the whole thing up over your forehead, and then letting them go, so now they're like hanging over your face, but the mask is at the top of your forehead. Oh that's Jesus! That's what's going on right now. Oh uh, well, <laughs> and it's just perfect. I hope he wears it after they they don't let us wear masks anymore. I think he's just they're just gonna let him. You, know, you keep that. That looks. I think you came in here with that. <laughs> right. I'm sure we can touch on this later. Um, but uh, just for everybody that I'm sure nobody knows, but you're in Parnell Correctional Institute. Uh, in Michigan, 
And Parnell is uh, one of the hot spots that uh, kind of like the aircraft carrier or the meat pack and play at plants, uh, your prison got hit immediately and stand hard from uh, COVID. So much so that uh, didn't they send the National Guard to test you guys? Yeah, they sent them everywhere. But as far as the Michigan Department of Corrections goes, this it was ground zero. And if you, if I hope there should be pictures up on on the website of this, the unit I'm in, this facility. But if not, I'll, I'll make sure we put some up. This place was built. What'd you say, 1926? Yep. Almost a hundred years old, and it almost looks like um, <clears throat> Shawshank Redemption. You know, it's it's a, it's five stories tall, hollowed out in the middle cells running down the lengths of the rectangle on both sides and uh, an open base down in the bottom. So, well, what a surprise that every single person stacked on top of each other got sick. So, yeah, this was, it was ground zero, but we're past it now so much, so much so that the COs ain't even really wearing masks and we're all out here without them. And you got them around your neck, but no one's really wearing them. Right. Well, you got tested for antibodies and what such a, a shocking thing for me <clears throat> was uh, everybody gets tested for antibodies, and like the three percent of people that that miraculously didn't have the antibodies, you know, meaning they for somehow didn't get uh, infected, they got yanked, they they disappeared. And for for anybody listening, if you're in prison and you get shipped to another prison just out of the blue, all of a sudden, that's that's a, a stressful event. Because you, you you could potentially run into enemies or old debts or or not know where you're going, isn't that right, Bobby? Yeah, it's a, it's just your world's upside down. Like if if you if you don't have to worry about like your name being bad, that's of little comfort, I guess. I'm sure it's way more stressful for people who've locked up or told on people, or you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's terrible. You're it's it. it It'd be like someone kicking your door in at midnight and being throwing you a duffel bag and a couple boxes and going, pack everything you own in an hour. You got to go. And you don't know where you're going. You just know it's going to be a, a hostile environment that's going to be different. You know, and it's just the actual travel is a pain. You're just belly shackled, ankle shackled. Hand. It's just a fiasco. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the most stressful aspects of prison. And you know it's looming. It's always hanging over your head. You know, I've been to one, I've been to Carson City, Maximum Oaks, Maximum Level 4, Oaks Level 2, Ken Ross Level 2, and here, and then quarantine originally. So I, I, is it, is it, uh, is it too naive or just not, um, is it, is it just too outside mentality for me to kind of think of it as you're a, you know, you're like a third grader and your parents split up or you're, maybe you're a military kid and, uh, whoop. We're moving out of state. Say goodbye to all your friends. You're going to a different school now and a whole different, you know, and, and you're a little third grader and you're like, what the fuck? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing there. I don't know anybody. What am I going to do? I, I guess it definitely that's... feels like that. It definitely feels like that. Um, except you're going to know if you've been, you know, I've been down for a while now. I got locked up in November of 13, but I've been in prison since the beginning of 14. And, uh, if you're if you're not a hermit, you're you you know, and you've been down for as long as I have, you're gonna know people at every joint. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, you're gonna know. So you'll know a couple people, and um, you know, for good or bad, you know, you might have some enemies, and it's you just hope you run into a friend before you run into an enemy, so you can get your bearings under you, and you you know, you spend your first at least day, sometimes two or three days, 
in if it's the weekend without your property. So you're in one pair of state blues, state shoes, and no toothpaste, no toothbrush, no soap, no deodorant, no change of clothes, nothing. And you're just stuck in there with nothing. And then you got to wait to get your property. And once you get your property and get everything set up, if you pray you got a good bunkie or you're in a good cube, you know, it's just a fuck. It's a mind fuck. And it's, uh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, we can, uh, we can, uh, I, we'll save this for another episode, but at some point I'd like to discuss the importance of deodorant and, um, and how if you're just a stinky mess, uh, you're, you're, you're an asshole to the whole community. And, uh, it doesn't always go well. That, that's such I an interesting step over over hygiene. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, well, I don't know, man. I'm fucking. You know, at some point, at some point, I, I assume this happens to people that go to war. You don't have the energy to constantly be appalled or excited or on edge about extreme stuff you see. You know, and at some point, it just levels off and. You don't become numb to it necessarily as much as, well, yeah, maybe a little bit you do, but you just know what it is. It's just a fact of life and you understand it. You know what I mean? And I think one of the things I was on edge about, and I think a lot of people out in the world would be on edge about, is the idea that, you know, you come to prison and you get fucked up or stabbed or murdered for no reason. And there's some sort of... uh mental security and the fact that that doesn't happen too often. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. To say. Yeah, it, it does. doesn't happen. It, it doesn't happen too often. It's, it's almost always for a reason and you almost always know it's coming. And it's almost always something you did, whether you, whether you deserve, I mean, clearly if you're, you have bad hygienic issues, you don't deserve to be stabbed. Right. But you know, the con- no one ever just goes, Oh, you're a stinky fuck and stabs you. They go, hey, man, you stink. We're all in here together. I've given a lot of people the talk. Like, listen, no one wants to, uh, you're right. no one wants to be uh, here stuffed in a fucking cell together, but we have to be. So, you know, hygiene's a thing. If I, if I, did, I have this talk with every bunk I've ever had. If I do anything that bothers you, you've got to let me know. And likewise, communication's the thing that's going to make this work. And I've had bunkies that I just, like Joe, GR Joe, my best friend, or I've had bunkies that I've had to put out. Like, you can't lock here anymore. you got to go. So, yeah, that's definitely a thing, too. We could do a whole hygienic episode. Yeah, that's a, that shit fascinates me. But back to the store day. One of the things that you made a comparison to uh, payday on uh, on the construction site. And I just it just triggered this memory. Okay, so what Jeremy would do, Mr. Moneybags, he would, uh, on payday, <laughs> we'd get off work, we'd start rolling up, and... Uh, he would say, tell me and Dave, rest in peace, Dave. Um, he passed away, OD'd. And uh, he would tell both of us, it would be an open call, but he would, it was mainly to us. He'd say, the first one to have the connection on the, on the Oxycontins, I'm buying. So it was just a shoving match to get to our phones. <laughs> and then just calling and calling and just irate me and hit me and Dave standing in this fucking little trailer like, motherfucker, come on, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. got him. <laughs> Dave would throw his phone down. <laughs> I usually had better connect back then. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, and then Jeremy would buy, and we'd go hang out. <laughs> and uh, somehow we felt like we earned it, right? 
<laughs> right. Well, you worked all week in the hot sun. It's probably already raining. You know, uh, there's a 12-pack of beer for everybody. I felt like that was uh, good and communal and also uh, probably added to all of our addiction uh, problems. But, yeah. yeah. This is before it was it was rampantly out of control. Not long before, but it was, this is before. And you know what? Some of those, some of those times, uh, you know, they weren't healthy, but they're fond to me. Sitting at Kyle's house, raining. Who's got a dollar bill? <laughs> Roll this up. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So store day has uh, been chaotic. I had to get out here, and um, while I'm walking up to meet with the imbecile who owes me a couple bucks. I passed a nine-fingered Mexican, and he looks... Now, the nine-fingered Mexican has anger issues. And for those of you who don't know, I don't want you to picture... He's... He looks like... He almost looks like a biker, like Genghis Khan type. He looks almost Native American or or actual European-Spanish. Long braid down the back of his hair. Nine fingers, one with the, the severed finger has... The nub has a minion tattoo on it. This Wait, hold on. I, I didn't know about this braid. Is it like a rat tail? No, no, no. It's a really long Pocahontas braid. Okay, Pocahontas okay. Braid. Respect. Yeah. Right? And uh, the 19-year Mexican is my workout partner, and for all intents and purposes, my sidekick, which he is his preferred position, you know. And uh, so, I, so I pass him going up the stairs, and we're both handling business. And I pass him down on the second gallery, and he's talking to someone. It's yesterday, so someone clearly I can I don't have time to pay attention, but someone clearly owes him money. And there's noodles being exchanged while he's giving an excuse. This guy's getting noodles and passing whatever. But I, I'm on my own mission, <clears throat> so I go upstairs, wait for the, the imbecile, grab the shit, drop it off for myself, come back, and he's now going up because he locks above me. So he's going up the stairs now, and he's uh, arguing with Youngin. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, and he's going up the stairs, and he turns around. And he's like, "What you want to fucking do?" And so I have to literally get and be like, "Shut the fuck up. Go. What are you doing? Get out. Go upstairs. Calm down." And the other one, you know, isn't helping much. And it wasn't a fucking. We can give the we can we can give a name to the youngin, can't we? Yeah, I I guess we we can just call him youngin. All right, H Dubs. Yeah, H Dubs. Well, right, but but he right, but fucking he, name Hollywood. All right, his fucking name's Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, his his fucking name's Hollywood. Right. He's right behind me right now. He's almost right behind me. Yeah, and uh, I I know we're in the middle of a story, but I I, I just have to mention to everybody that um, a lot of times in these phone calls you hear a lot of chatter in the background, and I'm I imagine for a podcast that's probably going to be like a little bit irritating, but I kind of enjoy yeah. it. Um, and depending on what time of day Bobby calls me. And or or since it's store day, there'll be a lot more um, uh, action in the background. Sometimes I ask Bobby just to hold the phone out so I can hear so I can hear somebody arguing over his grandma sent him, you know, soup that has beans in it or, you know, or, you know, just cussing at at a grandma, a loved one because of a debt that he's supposed to pay. He's not even going to eat it uh, anyway. I just find it fascinating. All the background. Yeah. You love it, I hate it, and I'm actually like tone deaf to it. I'm so used to it that I don't even notice. But yeah, you love it. And it wasn't, you didn't interrupt the story. The point was, this is just a little example of like, the tensions rise, you look down the unit on store day, and it's a bunch of hectic shit going on. And through that, I had to wait out here and fucking snatch a phone while I could to uh, 
do this first episode, which I was excited about. And um, I do want to say this. At some point, <clears throat> we're probably, I'm sure we'll upgrade on equipment and, and all that stuff. But, you know, this is a prison fucking podcast. What do you want? You know? It's just, we can't offer the most polished shit, but we should be able to offer the realest shit and uh, a unique take on this whole podcast shit that maybe, no, not maybe, that people aren't, aren't really doing out there. And by the way, you're killing it. You're doing great. <laughs> you're doing great. I'm, I'm fascinated that you had to step in between Hollywood and Toro. Uh, Toro is uh, the nine-figure Mexican that we've been talking about, but he's a big kid and uh, ha- has anger has issues. One minute has anger issues and uh hollywood is just a <laughs> jesus lady um uh you know hollywood has uh he's just a 19 year old 20 year old kid that's i think your neighbor right yeah yeah it just seems wild that them two would all of a sudden have beef since uh you, well you they guys... kind of there's a there's a little tension there in between um the nine finger mexican will take a lot of shit but not from him and it's because you know i think it's the age thing Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to punk me, little one. <laughs> yeah. And Youngin in Hollywood is, uh, he likes fucking with them. <laughs> this, is, this, this is just not the time, apparently. But, you know, I had to tell, you know, calm down, settle down. Right. And this is a week after, hey, I bet I can kick Toro in the face. <laughs> that was a hilarious story. All right, I guess we're going to have to uh, end it here, man. Yeah, I love you.